Welcome to the Doing Good Business Podcast, designed to bring out the best in you and your organization. I'm Laura Heacock, a leadership coach on a mission to create a culture where business is the true balance of head and heart. I work with leaders and companies on how to leverage my brand of kindness to gain powerful results. And I'm Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, helping you shift conversations to identify what works and find ways to build on that success with people, planet, and profit in mind. The Doing Good Business Podcast is the place to learn about transformational leadership qualities and purpose-driven business practices that are essential to success in today's modern market. You can make the world a better place through business, and the business case for that starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Doing Good Business. Happy May. (laughs) I don't know how that happened, but somehow here we are. Kelly and I are here with you. um, And I am so, so, so excited. I know Kelly joins me in my excitement for our guest today. Um, I am happy to call this person a a friend, a a business contact, all the things, but we have Matt Tinney with us today. Um, So Matt, thank you so much for being here. And please, if you would introduce yourself to our audience and, and tell them why you are such an amazing leader. Thanks, Laura. So my name, again, Matt Tinney. I am the founder and chairman of Windows Management Experts, and we are a Microsoft solution integrator. And I am here today to share my story of my, what I call my awakening Hmm. um, that happened last September and the impact it's had on my business and its growth. Yeah. So for our leaders now, or for our listeners' knowledge, rather, Kelly and I have known Matt since probably like late 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this like little pandemic through most of 2020 <laughs> <laughs> that was going on. Um, and, and Matt and I had a chance to reconnect um, probably early 2021, like January-ish. And, and when Matt shared what he had gone through and, and his awakening. And I love that word um, and the business impact, you know, so often we hear about personal awakenings and, you know, what people recognize about themselves, but there's been such a profound business shift. You know, it was so clear. I think it took one text to Kelly. I was like, we need to have Matt on the podcast and, <laughs> and here we are. Um, so without further ado, would you share a little bit about your awakening, you know, share the story um, my perspective is that you made a, a really courageous shift that not a lot of um, founders would make. So would you share what happened with you in the past six or eight months? Absolutely. So it was actually Labor Day night in 2020. So I had woken up from this crazy dream that I was in this body of water surrounded by ice caps. And when I physically woke up, my body was literally shivering so bad. I thought I was going to die. I ran right downstairs to my husband, Chris, and I asked him to take my temperature. It was actually 94 degrees. And I took something and all I remember, I went back to bed. I was just so cold. I just wasn't sure I was going to even be alive when I woke up. Um, The next month, I basically was in bed, very sick, mentally, spiritually, physically. I was just at nothing. I had nothing left to give. Um, there was nothing to take or want. I just, you know, was so sick and just physically not well. Um, and then something drew me to some books around Buddha and these journeys that they go on. 
to get to this place of nothing, which I basically had been at physically. And as I was reading and things started opening up, I realized that what had happened was that I started was hitting these walls in my life, you know, doing all these things mechanically and, you know, forcing relationships and networking groups that were just taking up my energy. And, you know, I had a wall a long time ago, I couldn't even see. And six months now, you know, since that's happened, looking back, I realized that, you know, as Laura said, that was my great awakening, the thing in my life that really changed me forever. And I always compare what happens before and after that, because it's really forced me to let go of the materialistic and the ego-driven self. And actually a week after I had been sick, I actually stepped down as CEO of the company that I started. Hmm. It was so, I was so sick and I was basically crying on the phone when I promoted my now CEO, Vicky Moore. Um, And that was the most difficult thing that I ever did in my life was letting go. Hmm. Um, What I got also is, you know, from that experience was, you know, how entangled I was in all areas of my business and that it was actually causing it to plateau. Um, My husband and I also worked together in the business and that also played a huge part in the entanglement that literally strangled the life out of the business. So this awakening, really, it all made sense. And I, I had to get to this place of nothing to really be able to grow. Wow. It's amazing, even though I've heard it before. <laughs> Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah. No, I'm oh, so, so many parallels um, to th- things I'm experiencing, things I know others are experiencing. And when you mentioned the Buddha and, and reading about, you know, get to the place of nothing, I wrote down, I wrote it down, but I wrote it down as no thing, because I think I've also heard it expressed that way. Um, you get to the place of no thing. And that is letting go. And um, the perspective that we can often get when we let it go, right? So um, that's it. There's no question in there. Sorry about that. Just completely um, listening to your story and having that sensation of the freedom, right, that comes from that, the, the, the ability to let go in an, in an environment where we're praised for how much we can control Mm -hmm. in lots of ways. I love the juxtaposition of all of that, Matt. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And Matt, I know that you've had a lot of really courageous moves and and obviously this one being the biggest and and most challenging. And I want to honor that. Um, What has come of this for you? You know, what has shifted, you know, for you as a leader? So stepping from CEO to founder and chairman to promoting Vicky to CEO, what has, you know, what's different in your business? What have you noticed as a result of this? Oh, so, well, first off, it's definitely um, an employee-centric business. So one of the things I'd realized was, you know, my employees are doing all this great stuff to make it happen. Um, And so the employees are now the center of the business. Employees are actually I always say people over profit and then employees over customers. Employees Mm -hmm. are the focus of our business. Um, They've always been, but there's things that got in the way of me seeing that, 
you know, and that's from the personal awakening that I had, you know, it's really changed my perspective on really what matters, right? What is important is the people. At the end of the day, relationships are what stay and, you know, people move and, and, um, grow in organizations all the time. People sell products, they do different things, but the relationships are what stay intact. So, you know, before, you know, my awakening, a lot of what I was doing personally was masqueraded by the self, the ego, you know, the revenue goals, the bottom line, the transactional, the day-to-day, it kind of got in the way. And since this, um, you know, I've really shifted to empowering people, supporting them and lifting them up so that they can be fully available to do their best every day. And being responsible for the business's health and profitability is also key to being able to give back to our employees with new incentives and programs, which we've really um, rolled out this year as a result of this awakening. Things that, you know, really were never going to happen before, such as a 401k program Mm. that allow uh, matching, that was never going to happen before. This is what I mean by putting the employees first and having it be an employee-centric organization. Um, Another big thing that has happened as a result of that is putting in an ethical clause into our agreements, which, Uh yeah, it's been huge. Amen. It's like, employees are the focus, like our employees are going to be there for us. And we have to make sure we have their back so that if any, any type of interaction that is inappropriate or unethical happens with a client or a partner, that we have the ability to terminate the contract within a couple weeks and give them notice so that we're in charge of how it goes from how people are treated. Like that's what it looks like expressed. And that really takes something, right? To have that mm-hmm. kind of, you know, backing um, in, in existence because a lot of this is not put in writing oftentimes and there's this swirliness to it. But I felt like it was so important to, 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 to have this in existence. And, you know, our lawyer actually updated our agreements to put this in there. So that was that was one of many things that's happened. Matt, this is Kelly. And I just want to jump in because I think it is so important. I want to underscore this that, you know, the world, the business world that we work in is just becoming so much more transparent and and it's going to continue that way. And we know that just with things like blockchain that are coming into the into the future. And when we talk about these types of values on this show and with others, you know, I'm like the first person, I'm super curious. So when a company says, you know, we value integrity, I'm the first person to say, really? And how does that show up? Like, what are your practices? What are your policies? So this is music to my ears. And I hope that our listeners are jotting this one down, right? Because this is another way to demonstrate to people. And I think that's the key today is how can we demonstrate who we are? How does, you know, how can people experience this in a way that is true to what, who we say we are? And this is a great example of what we do and another uh, kind of act of courage to follow up with, with Laura on, you know, so I think some organizations, some business leaders would shy away from that. So kudos to you. 
I have no questions today. Are, are we seeing that theme? Oh, here? I'm going in. It's all right. I gotcha. So I, and I feel like I'm channeling Kelly Stewart here because so Matt, you like all the changes that you've made, you know, a matching 401k and ethics clause and, and not to get too, too in the weeds, but obviously to update a contract, you have to pay the lawyer money. I would imagine that there's a huge amount of fear. So if I am somebody listening right now and Matt, I'm hearing your story and I own a company and I have employees and I'm like, holy crap, I'm supposed to step away because I've had this awakening, but what about the bottom line, right? Because you can't have a business if you're not earning income, right? To support those employees, they have to be paid salaries and you're implementing all of these new things. How has the health, you know, financially measuring that of your business been since you've made this shift? So, you know, that's, that's actually uh, a great question. I mean, the, the, the reality is that it's definitely improved the productivity and the bottom line of the business indirectly, right? So it's interesting because when you, when you don't put the focus on revenue goals and you make a longer term goal for the year, and then you start empowering people, they start stepping up. And an example of this is, you know, we had an employee that basically knew a couple companies and quite frankly, there was no action. And then recently, as we started to really shift the culture, this person started really getting aggressive with making introductions. And one one of which could be a really big opportunity for us. So I I don't I, I believe it's from the shifts in the culture and empowering people and and letting go of the attachment to trying to get somewhere. Because when you let go and you entrust your your staff and you empower them without all this fear and this worry that comes to each one of the employees, because if you let go at the top, then your employees will feel that, right? Like everything that you deal with and your own struggles as a leader, that does get felt through the organization. Whether or not anyone actually says that, that actually is is a lot of what before the awakening that I had was happening. The worry, the fear around COVID, all this stuff, it, it gets all over everyone and it, it makes them not productive. So I feel like it's actually opened the door up to a lot more opportunities from our staff because now they're willing to step up and help the business grow and thrive. I think what you said is so important. And Matt, I know you're also a parent and like as silly as it sounds, and and look, I'm the only non-parent in the room right now, but there is such a parallel between how your energy impacts your kids and how your energy as a leader impacts your team. And I hear that so clearly, like, First of all, you had a shift and you were able to see things differently and and potentially with more clarity. And then it translated into action. And then that energy and that action is having a ripple effect down to the team. Like people are feeling it, people are responding to it, and they're showing up differently because you're showing up differently. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly a great summary. So this actually has uh, inspired a, a question for me, this, this go around. <laughs> so here you are, you're doing these things. And, and maybe even too for a moment, Matt, you could talk about some of the other great things that you've done in your company about around diversity, around partnering with other companies to win larger contracts, you know, that type of 
cooperative slash collaborative effort. But we hear from other guests who are pushing the good business envelope that they were met with skepticism, resistance, right? So you just talked about this really kind of ooh contrarian idea, right? That if we don't, <laughs> um, if we don't just keep making it all about sales, right, and revenue, but if we can focus on things that give us energy, not that that can't and and doesn't give us energy, you no know, producing revenue, but it's the reframing of it, right, where hey, we're going to call on the best of who we are to to just keep being better, being the best we can be, right? And the revenue comes from that. And it shows up because you're doing those very practical things, you're changing your agreement. Um, But have you experienced any pushback either from peers or colleagues, you know, just or people in your network, people who provide services maybe to your company, an accountant or someone who's saying, what are you doing? Have you met with any of that? Like what you're hearing on the Doing Good Business podcast? Then you'll love working with Laura or Kelly. Visit doinggoodbusiness.com forward slash the host to learn about them and how their services can help you do good business. Yeah, so I I definitely have met resistance, you know, um, especially prior to my awakening. Um, when I was like checking a box or doing something um, that was indirectly relation to fixing our culture because it was recommended by another. I know Laura and I had talked about this, you know, it's all about timing of the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You can make a list of all these things that you need to do to fix your culture. But the honest truth is that if you personally you know, are not going through it, it's really inauthentic. So what I've learned as, yeah, like what I've learned is that my personal growth and journey is what was needed for the business's growth. And that means the culture too. Um, So, you know, what I can, what I can um, learn and when I can, you know, be authentic with that, um, there's a now a context for something different and empowering, you know, and what, it, what really inspires me is to stay the course um, in having an empowering culture that removes those barriers for our employees to show up. So, um, you know, that's, that's really where I've been putting my focus, you know, it's more about the culture and, and, and helping people, but it's, it definitely, I've met resistance along the way, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, programs to empower employees. Um, you know, the other thing is that we we're not a we're not a, a charity, um, right. and sometimes that can be challenging to to have a culture that is kind, that treats people good, um, and not have it be used as a weapon of destruction, where people use it, you know, to to their advantage, right? Right. So. There definitely, it definitely comes down to, does each person in your organization have WME or have the company as a focus priority, like for them personally Mm -hmm. and, and finding ways also to um, protect the business, right. And to make sure it's profitable to be able to support these programs and culture, Um, you know, because quite frankly, um, this type of resistance and things is going to show up all the time. Yeah. It's two sides of the coin, right? There are so many established business leaders who um, are, are still kind of carrying that mindset of 
this is what we expect from you, the employer, the employee, and in return, we're going to pay your wages, right? And I think a more modern yeah. approach to that is there's so much more <laughs> that goes into it, right? And exactly. I think that we see a lot of the unintended consequences now have shown up in what a decade or two of this, you know, kind of, I'll use the word aggressive, it's probably not the best word, but this aggressive focus on performance management and aggressive mm-hmm. focus on Ugh. accountability, right? And I right. think those is those are like the last cars on the train, right? Why, why are we jumping yeah. over all the cars <laughs> in the middle to get to there? And so if we have a better engine in the front, right, then a lot of that stuff just starts to take care of itself. And I think you're, you're, You've got a great way of already doing that. You're proving the concept again for our listeners, right? Like this is this is not something that's being talked about in the hypothetical. And I'm so happy to hear the positive impact that all of this is making in your organization because it takes a lot as a leader to do these things, to have the courage, to have the um, the the wherewithal, the perseverance, right, to keep going. No wonder you Can ended up some, in an awakening. Point. Right. No wonder I you need felt to say depleted. Thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Well, the other thing that I've really gotten during the last six months is that there has to be more than the employee collecting a paycheck. Yes. There has to be more for them because to, to your point, it's not about performance and accountability. It's about, is this employee satisfied in their job mm-hmm. and in their personal life? Does it, does it fulfill them? Is it a right. priority for them? There has to be more. And then to build a culture around that, that has things like, you know, I didn't talk about this, but like we do virtual happy hours once a month, right? Where we kind of just talk amongst each other personally, get to know each other. We've had our, um, you know, we've had our babies on, we've had, our, you know, there's, right. there's so many different opportunities to be able to engage with, um, you know, others virtually now. We also are rolling out this employee store where people, um, they're rewarded on points and then they get to buy things from a store. Um, that's something we're rolling out, we're working on now. I'm super excited about that because that that has the potential for even being used for for um, referral partners and people that we work with that are are kind enough to refer business in like that that's where things are going now um, you know I'm super excited about a lot of this but it does come down to it has to be more than just a paycheck you have to have a company culture that is empowering people and really supporting them too personally and what they're dealing with, which is why we are doing this team group coaching um, as well. Like we're, we're going to be doing that in April, May, and that's going to really break the barriers further between personal and business. Like, wow, like what, what is mm-hmm. it you're dealing with at home? Like, what is it? How can the business support you? You need, you need um, additional childcare services. Okay, great. Let's look at that. Let's help you. Like, right. we'll help you with that. Like, if it's going to make you more productive, it's it, and you know this thing, this concept of, oh well, what is your benefits package? Well, what do you need as a person to thrive? Right. Is my question. Because benefits vary greatly from one person to the next and what they need to be able to be successful. So I, 
there's so many things that have come out of it, but I think it really comes down to personalizing what a person needs and helping them to be their best so that they can show up. That's like, that, that's really what it comes down to. Right. And I think too, the word engage, right, has been overused and extended that sometimes we forget, like we're looking for employee engagement what does that even mean? Right. And it means to be for someone to feel close to connected to excited about the work that they're doing. Right. That's what engagement is. It's Mm -hmm. not just um, a a fancier, more like hip sounding word to use and apply to the same thing that we had, you know, um, where it's just show up and do your work, right? Oh, we want employee engagement. Well, if you're not mm-hmm. feeling what engagement is, then you're not going to be able to craft right. the strategies and the practices and the processes that will help to cultivate it. It seems so, you know, obviously like the three of us are very clearly aligned, but even <laughs> to just hear you talk about it, Matt, it, it's just so <laughs> logical, right? Like I if know. it's only about the paycheck, any employee can go and get a paycheck anywhere, right? Like if you think about it in terms right. of marketing, like all everything in marketing is what's your differentiator, right? You have to be unique. You know, there's mm-hmm. a, plenty of people that, you know, could do the Windows support. There's plenty of people that could hire a strategic planner. There's right. plenty of people that, you know, what is your differentiator? And like, it's the same with employment, right? Like those people mm-hmm. can get a paycheck anywhere. If they mm-hmm. are only getting a paycheck from you or from any company, what is to keep them invested? You know, what is to, and beyond retention, right? Like beyond staying, of course, that's important, but also it's about the caliber of work they're doing. It's about how they're showing up. It's about how they're treating each other, how they're treating your clients. Like what is to make them want to actually care and invest back? It's being invested in. And to me, it's very simple math. Like Mm -hmm. if it's only about a paycheck, I'm going anywhere. I'm going to the highest bidder, right? But if I feel some sort of, you know, mm-hmm. again, there's got to be a, a word that's better than engagement because Kelly, I agree. It's a little, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little loosey goosey, but like aligned, right. connected, you know, anything. And and that's what I hear you really creating in this new, like culture first focus. So I want to back up for a second, Matt, because you used the word authentic a couple minutes ago. And, you know, even before this last, you know, eight months of your life and all the shifts that you've made, um, I've always really admired you as a business owner. Like from the first time we had a conversation on the phone, I always felt like, oh, this is a person who, you know, is comfortable in his skin. He knows who he is. Like you are a minority owned company. You are LGBTQ plus forward. And that's always been something that you, at least from my vantage point, have brought into business. Um, And I'm curious, honestly, if you see that in yourself and also if you feel like being able to be who you are and out in the business world has made you more resilient. To be frank, um, when I was first starting my career, it was really keep your business and your personal separate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, from Mm -hmm. the beginning, I was always trained and always felt like I was in hiding. And Mm -hmm. the truth is, I guess so did others. Um, You know, I found out later on, like some of the things that were said to coworkers um, from management around, well, how do we handle this kid? And what do we do with this guy? And, you know, um, you know, I'd often get asked, well, what is your girlfriend's name or your wife's name? And, you know, oftentimes I would just want to sink in my seat and hide and crawl under my desk because, you know, quite frankly, I would oftentimes lie and feel awful for days after when I would come home to my husband. Right. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think personal and business does 
have its place in business. I know that might sound contradictory to what everyone's been told, but I feel like there's really no separation, especially now, Mm -hmm. like they're one and the same (laughs) and knowing, I know, like knowing the personal side and the qualities that make up each person are really what matters. Like it took me, you know, quite frankly, five of the 14 years in my business, just for me to be comfortable in my skin, to be Mm -hmm. out in my business so that like people know who my husband is like before Mm -hmm. My husband had a different name than me, and I never would share that he was my husband because I never thought it was relevant. But as I've grown, I'm comfortable in who I am, and it's just, oh, and by the way, this is my husband. Like, it's not a big deal, like, because I have let go of all of this training that I've had about keeping things separate over the years, like, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what we we bring to the table at, at, at WME is breaking those silos and the stereotypes and all this other bias stuff that goes on in that we're just all human beings and we're all just, you know, living and breathing. And, you know, um, everyone's journey is different. Um, so you just don't know what someone is dealing with, you know, but if you can be vulnerable and authentic in who you are, it, it lets other people um, have that, have that own experience or be able to have an open to having that experience if they're ready to, you know, they have to be ready, but yeah, it's definitely take, it's, it's take year, years and years to wear that stuff down and breaking it down. It's been, it's been a journey around that for sure. You know, we hear and talk so much about psychological safety. And I just want to say like, you've clearly just defined it by your actions. You know, what you just described is truly like the, the expert level course on how to create psychological safety in a team. And it's leading by example. And I feel like maybe that's the title of this episode, because I think that's kind of the through line with everything Mm -hmm. that I've heard you share today, but like, you have to be courageous enough to be vulnerable, to say, actually, I don't have a wife. I have a husband and this is his name. And every, and again, to timing, right? Like you probably weren't capable of doing that in your twenties, right? None of us were, but as Mm -hmm. you recognize the cost of not doing that, you know, the cost Mm. of like, I felt like Mm -hmm. for three days, you know, after I did that. And then now being on the other side of it. And I'm thinking about um, Kelly and I had an amazing woman on a couple months ago. Her name is Robin Geigel. And she has uh, a book that just came out, but she was also um, a transgender lawyer in New Jersey. And she shared a lot about what it was like as a man, knowing that she was, you know, in, in a female body and just like her transition and all of that. And, and there's always such a powerful after, right? Like the before is terrifying and the Mm -hmm. idea of being that courageous and, you know, coming out and sharing who you truly authentically are, but the after, you know, knock on wood from, from cases that we're lucky enough to hear about has been really powerfully good. Mm -hmm. And Matt, it does, it seems like you represent this lovely microcosm of some of the larger macro trends that, that Laura and I hope, and I'm sure you hope are happening in the world, right. As we shift in our consciousness in general, in this kind of, um, 
time when it feels like now we're in some big old popcorn popper, but we Mm. know change is happening, (laughs) right? And it does make me think, though, I want to know what are you most hopeful about in terms of the future of business? What's on your wish list, Matt Channing? To be be frank with you, um, and I posted this out a couple months ago um, on my LinkedIn, and, you know, it was really about just the old transactional way of doing business is dead. It's all about relationships. So at the end of the day, you know, relationships will, will stay transactions, products and services will come and go. Mm -hmm. So it's really about the personal relationship aspect of business and focusing on that and having that be the center of business Mm -hmm. and having that be the focus for fulfillment and not mm-hmm. focusing on selling and and selling to selling a specific uh, service or a product it's about building relationships with people because they come and go and you know that's a lot of how we've been successful you know it's it's really about building on those connections and those relationships and getting to know people on a personal level like what drives them what motivates them what excites them? Like, what what are they passionate about? I want to know more. And like yesterday, I had a call with with a guy, um, and I met him two years ago in line to a Bruno Mars concert for <laughs> the Microsoft uh, Inspire conference. So and cool. we we, I mean, me and my husband, we just ran into this guy waiting in line, and I had a call with him yesterday and oh my gosh, like the people that are showing up now Mm -hmm. back into my life after my awakening are the amazing people that are like awakened themselves. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. this guy is sharing with me what's happened to him and he's actually in tears and I'm in tears. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what it's about. Right. It's about genuine connections with people because I don't give a crap about the business. I care about you. The business will come. And that's Mm -hmm. what it was about for me yesterday. I got that reflection again Mm -hmm. and I continuously get these things. That's power for me. That's what I would like. That's what I see happening now in the business world. Yeah. You know, like I love enough that of the vision. product and selling. Right. Yeah. I love that vision. And I love the fact that it you open the door toward it being not only something that, you know, a business strategist would think of as being a B2C thing. Oh, that's important for B2C brands. It is. It's also important for any company that's in business and creating value for others. <laughs> being a good human in business. Right. 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 But you'd be, you know, you hear it, we hear it talked about in all different ways. And yeah. I'm never, I never fail to be amazed by people. It goes back to uh, years ago, I was talking to somebody about environmentally friendly practices. And he's like, well, I don't have to worry about that. I'm in services. And I was like, I'm sorry, is your business not on this planet? Like, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't quite know how to respond. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I know Kelly and I are here for that vision a hundred percent. Yes. Um, so, you know, <laughs> hopefully if there are, um, people out there who are not in, in the relationship and are just doing the cold sell, this will be inspirational for them, but I can't thank you enough, Matt, for sharing your story and sharing who you are as a leader. And we'll link to all the good places you are, um, on the internet, but how would you like people to find you if they want to reach out on, on LinkedIn, on your website, tell us where to find you. 
Yeah, absolutely. LinkedIn um, is probably the first place and then uh, on our website uh, as well. Perfect. And we'll link to all of that so that people can find out and, you know, hopefully invite some more of those good people, um, people that are doing good business into your world and, and have more human relationship conversations and connections. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you awesome. again. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Doing Good Business. We hope you'll tune in regularly, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and most importantly, tell a friend or a few. It's how we can build the critical mass to make the world a better place through business. The Doing Good Business podcast is brought to you by Laura Heacock of Laura Heacock Consulting and Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business. Learn how you can work with us at doinggoodbusiness.com slash the hosts. Let us know what you like about the podcast and what else you'd like to hear about through our online form on the contact page of doinggoodbusiness.com. We'll see you next time.